Welcome back to the Turn on the Music Podcast. Welcome to episode eight. My name is Kyle, and of course, I've got CJ here. How are you tonight, sir? I'm doing well, sir. I'm doing well. How about yourself? I'm doing okay. Nah. How's your week been? Stop. <laughs> Let's just say it was it was a week. I'm glad it's the weekend. I feel mm-hmm. like today was a recuperating day for it, so I'm hoping tomorrow it's a nice day. I I, I feel refreshed and uh good. And get back into the swing of things. I need to get back onto not letting the, the weeks hit me as hard as they're hitting me. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. How was your week? It's the weekend. <laughs> and, and the only reason we can ask this question is we happen to be recording a few days after that we typically do. So yep. typically we're midweek when we're recording and it feels like a week has already passed once we're three right. days in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, last week felt like about four weeks. I know. So it, was, it was not fun. I know. But uh, hopefully this this upcoming week won't be too bad going into the three day weekend. Yeah, yeah, I hope so. Anyway, yeah, I agree. Um, but that's not what we're here to talk about. No, we're here to talk about a book. Yes, but let's talk about are you. What are you listening to? That's what I was going to ask you. So, um, as you know, um, I Victor Wooten is going live. I told you that. Yes, he's, he's he's going on tour with his yes. brothers, and uh, I've been listening. They're taking a group with them called the Rebirth Big Band, a Rebirth Brass Band. Yes, and I've been listening to them a bunch. They are really good. I like them. I have to listen to them because I did buy tickets for them when they're in Brooklyn. They'll be in Brooklyn October seventh. I bought four tickets. Um, a couple of uh, our followers will be uh, joining me. They're, they. We decide to buy it as a group, so we're going in. The only thing it stinks, it's a standing room only place. Oh, yeah? So the tickets weren't expensive. They were actually were not bad. I was impressed by the price. They were like $35. And then they have, the, the, they have the fees on it. Mm-hmm. So with the fees, they were like 50 bucks. They have a quick access pass, so you bypass the general admission line for mm-hmm. $15 more. Totally spent the extra $15. I was like, you know what? <laughs> I was expecting to spend a hundred bucks on a ticket. Yeah, yeah. Because it's funny because I was telling Jen about it, and they're going to Philadelphia, uh, which is where she lives, or just right, right by where she lives. And it was standing room only thirty five bucks. So maybe they're only doing. Maybe it's not a big show. Well, y- when you listen to this, maybe there's a lot of dancing involved. So, what do you mean? Uh, I'm going to play a little bit of what they sound like. Of the re rebirth the rebirth uh, band? brass band. Yeah. So this is a tune called Lord, 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 You've Sure Been Good to Me. So it's kind of a New Orleans, yeah, you know, kind of band. It's it's really cool. That's awesome. They, they do. Um, there's a live album, and one of the songs they cover is uh, "Waterfalls" by uh, TLC. Oh, now I gotta check this out. Okay. So yeah, they, they have some really cool stuff. So That's just awesome. be careful. Their live albums uh, tend to have uh, explicit lyrics, so just be careful where you listen to it. Why? I don't know why, but they do. No, I mean, why should I be careful? I just don't want you to listen to it working at fired. Uh, usually at work, but just because of the way it is, I put a head a earbud in, so okay. no one really can hear it. Gotcha. Um, but that's good. My son curses enough as it is, so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> 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 so, there's nothing to change out of that. He just did it earlier, so it was really funny. <laughs> so that's what I've been listening to. What about you? Anything new, different? Um, not really. I mean, like I said, at work, uh, we sh- I share, um, we'll share play, and we've been doing a lot of Broadway shows. We've done some '80s music. Um, I think, and the car. I've been listening to the audiobook. 
But if I'm not listening to the audiobook, I tend to sit and listen to Victor Wooten just because of that's kind of what we're in right now. Right. But I, I've been meaning to, um, now that I bought the tickets, I do want to listen to the Rebirth Brass Band because I think that'll be worth listening to now, especially now that you shared a little um, yeah. clip of it. So, uh, yep. But I'm excited because I've never seen him live. I know you have, so I'm excited mm-hmm. to go in. I'm, I'm wondering if he's going to have the band out the whole time or if it's going to be just an opener and closer kind of thing. Oh, because they, okay, I can see what you're saying. It's an interesting venue. When you look at the pictures, it looks like it's kind of deep more mm-hmm. than it is wide, that it's more like kind of long enough. So I wouldn't be surprised if they set up in front and then they just get on stage and join them or whatever. Yeah. Because it totally could work. I don't know how many seats or how many standing room they're selling, but I was, um, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't mind. It is what it is. Like, yeah. even if it's a couple hours, it's not that big of a deal, mm-hmm. you know? Um, uh, so uh, it, it it should be fun. Yeah, I think it'll be good. It'd be How nice far are you see. in the uh, in the book? Uh, for number two, the yeah. music less the uh, the spirit of music. Yeah, uh, I've been listening to the audio. I'm on um, chapter seventeen. No, okay. wait, hold on a second. I'm completely wrong. I'll tell you right now because I got my phone in front of me and I'm listening to it on my phone, and that'll give me a better idea. Um, I am, it's going to start up. I am on chapter 17, actually. Yep. Measure 17. Okay, cool. Oh, okay. I only have like, according to this, I have two hours and 45 minutes left. I've noticed though, that because of the way they do the chapters, mm-hmm. um, it's more like when they talk about music, they actually play some music. So there's gaps where there's no reading of the book. So right. the chapters are longer in a sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I, I just I still think it's well put together for an audiobook. Both of them are. Yeah, I really do. So um, yeah, measure seventeen. So only a few more measures left. Cool. Yeah. But, um, awesome. Yeah. So shall we get into measure eight? Measure eight. Oh, before we even talk about the things that we picked out in the chapter. Yes. What is your overall thought of the chapter? Because there's because I think we're going to be sharing a little bit more of our beliefs in this one. I think so too. Because of what it is, and I had like mm-hmm. I, I've spoken about this stuff before, so yep. I'm just curious of your thought. Like, what is your thought? Uh, I, I think that there is a, a fair amount of truth to it. The whole chapter. I think some things are embellished. I don't know how much is embellished though. Okay. So. That's it. Okay. That's what about that's you. It. Um. I'm with you on that, actually, because because of my beliefs and as we go through it, we'll, we'll share. But because of my beliefs and my thoughts and all that stuff, I, I'm with you on that. I, I, I believe some are embellished. Um, I think now going through this book a second time and you've gone through it, I'm sure, more than I have. Uh, my the questions that start to arise is how much of these words are actually Michael's? Mm hmm. And how much of these words are actually Victor's that he's using right. Michael as the voice for? Because mm-hmm. I'm sure Michael, because just by looking at him and the way he plays and what he does, he's probably very similar to the character in the book. And yeah. I say character because we don't know him well enough to say if it's truly him or not. Right. But I wouldn't be surprised if it's like 95% him. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, just because of what it is. But I'm curious of. He's what he says, and even in the spirit of music, the way he writes is very, very philosophical. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying he's not a philosophical person; you could tell that he is. But I want to know right. how much is him. Mm-hmm. So, well, wait till you get to the end of the the second book, right? I was noticing, like, I kind of looked ahead, not reading, but I looked at like the chapter mm-hmm. is what they're called, and I'm like, oh, that's going to be interesting. Yeah, and I still can't see it on my glasses. So, go ahead and start. Okay. <laughs> so. This chapter is going to be, I don't know how I'm going to share this chapter because there are like pages that I've highlighted. Okay. Um, so I don't know how. You pay, you've highlighted full pages. Yeah, like full pages. I think in a sense I've done the same, okay. but I, I, I think because I have, I, this is the second time I read it, I kind of picked out probably, I was probably a little more pickier than you were. Mm-hmm. Like you've read it multiple times, so you probably over the times of reading it multiple times, you're like, okay, this, I got I actually have to highlight this now. I have yep. to, yeah. Yeah. So you start and then I'll see if I can maybe help. <laughs> gotcha. So, um, the, the, the starts, so we, we, we left off, um, where Sam left, um, 
Victor's house last week or last chapter or whatever. And Victor starts driving downtown and sees a guy that resembles Michael sitting there next to a homeless guy talking to this guy who he finds out his name is Uncle Clyde. Um, and as usual, Michael's dressed in a weird outfit. And um, yeah, so the, the, the chapter, I don't think we mentioned, the chapter is called Tone. So the, um, let me get back to the beginning. There is a whole and tone to this chapter. Yes, there is. It's a completely different tone than what the other chapters are. Yeah, yeah. So the little little blurb before the chapter starts is doctors use lasers to operate. Music in the right hand can do the same thing. So um so anyway, they you know, Michael's driving downtown, sees this guy that looks like I'm sorry, Victor's driving downtown, sees a guy that looks like Michael, and it turns out that it is him and he's talking to a gentleman by the name of Uncle Clyde. And um that's where we kind of kind of find them. They, you know, Uncle Clyde and Michael are talking, and um, Michael introduces Uncle Clyde and gives him kind of a once over. And Uncle Clyde inspects Victor and gives him a physical, you know. And um, yeah, that's that, that's kind of where I've where I I haven't I don't have much in the beginning, you know. It's um, you know just kind of introduction to Uncle Clyde. I don't really have anything until. So that introduction, the only thing that I think stood out to me, because I agree with you, it kind of starts later on, was what Michael and Cl- Uncle Clyde were talking about, which I thought mm-hmm. was very interesting. And I think does preface some of what they talk about in the chapter is right now they're trying to figure out if life is alive or not. Mm. And I thought that was interesting because um, later on, and I think this is kind of where you start highlighting, they put... Uh, he says, you know, if life means that something is alive, then that means that life is alive. Right. Right. And we're, mind you, it, the way it's written in the book is very, um, it, what would you say? It's slangish dialect in a way. Mm-hmm. Like the way they speak is, this is Uncle Clyde. He's originally from New Orleans, but he, you know, and so it's kind of fitting that we played the rebirth. Right, right, right. Yes, yes, yes. So, uh, not so, planned. Yeah, so. not planned. Um, so it's very interesting to read it because of the way it, it, it's written. But yep. that I thought was interesting that that part with the the whole life thing. Yeah, so yeah. I, I don't know if you talked before if you have anything before. So that. the first thing I've got is on one sixty four. I'm not sure where you're looking. No, go ahead. So uh, Uncle Clyde says your body resonates with a certain vibration. I'm gonna change the dialect a little bit <laughs> no no i think you should uh, read it no we, i should not <laughs> uh, this vibration puts out a certain tone that i can read so this is when he's going he's analyzing victor so he says this this uh, vibration puts out a different tone that i can read depending on what your soul is up to sort of like how an engineer can read the tones in music you see your soul has an agenda for you now even now even you don't know what that agenda is and i can see that but your soul is just about to catch up with each other. It's always exciting when that happens in a person's life. For some people, it happens before they get here. That ain't no fun at all. This is where the fun is at. I want to see you again in a few years. So he's kind of realized, and I guess part of it is, you know, talking with Michael, that, you know, Victor has been kind of lost for a while. And he realizes that he is starting to get things, like, together. And that's what he's kind of read you know, about his energy level. And it's funny because that resonated with me because recently I'm, I feel like I'm doing the same thing. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Kyle and I, uh, being friends outside of here, we, we speak often and he knows. So I'm going through a process of something to myself. And, and I was reading that and I'm like, because I read the book once before, but I didn't remember it as much. And I read it, when I read through that, I'm like, wow. I'm like, that just, that hits. Because it's true. I, I believe in that. I believe that, we are our bodies are vessels and and our souls are just utilizing this vessel and if your body hasn't met up with that soul yet it's gonna it, it takes time and and some people don't know it until later on and i agree i think that's more interesting than if you're just you know kind of born and like you go through life going like hey, i got it it's, it's all aligned for me you know yeah and the book that i'm reading right now spirit awakenings by tom brown it's where i'm at in the book it talks about the same thing you know, how about there is there's a spiritual mind and a physical mind and our culture kind of nurtures the physical mind as opposed to spiritual mind. And the book talks about how to nurture the spiritual mind and live in the spiritual mind 
kind of every day. So it's kind of the same thing that Victor's going through, um, but from a Native American perspective. Now I need to read that book. Yeah. I I believe more in that than I do in the physical mind. And I think that's what my biggest struggle is, dealing with mm-hmm. past trauma and stuff like that and trying to yeah. um, process. And I used to be in that spiritual mind, and I'm not anymore, and I want to be back right. in it because it, mm-hmm. it realigns everything. Yep. That's interesting. What is the name of that book again by Tom Brown? Jr.? Spirit Awakenings. Okay, Spirit of Awakenings. That's the one we're going to, I got to pick up. It's really hard to find. That's fine. Um, I was looking on Amazon for it. They've got one copy left for $73. I was like, I'm yeah, not buying it. that for you. So, No, 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 no. I'll find it. But even if, um, I mean, if they don't have a digital version? Nope, I don't see a digital version. There oh. is a version that's got, um, I think it's the Tracker, Spirit Awakenings, and The Vision, I think. Okay. For like 35 bucks, it's like a like a one book. That I would do, because um, I don't that's have the two books. But That's not bad. Um, yeah. Cool. I haven't found a digital version of it yet, but I've been looking, so I'll let you know if I find one. Ah, thank you. So, I'm. I don't know where you go after that, but I have uh, underline. Um, you know, Victor asks Uncle Clyde, "You know about music too?" And he goes, "I plays music," and he says, "Once you stop playing your bass, you're gonna start playing music too." Mm-hmm. That's so, that's so big, I think. Yep. I think yeah, that's something it, it's that's, come up a lot in this book. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's something that really needs to be taught in lessons. And it's funny, one of mm-hmm. our listeners, their son is taking uh, trumpet lessons and, and they've been sharing what he goes through in his lessons and he's been playing a little bit for me and even to the point where they're like, want me to take my soprano or my alto with me to their house one day and, and jam with him. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I was, they were telling me about how the teacher is going about the lesson. And I'm like, that's pretty cool. Because mm-hmm. there are times when he's focusing on what he's got to learn. But then he's like, you know, what? I just want you to jam. Just pick a song and jam to it. Play whatever. Yeah. It doesn't have to be about, but just play to the song. Yeah. Like, And I was like, that's awesome. Because I, that's a part of what's in this book here. So I told him, I was like, next time you go, ask them if they're reading the book, the music lesson. <laughs> Out of curiosity. And if they're not, share our podcast. <laughs> so... Um, it's true. I mean, even as a vocalist, mm-hmm. I think even as a vocalist, I work so hard to make sure I'm memorizing the words, understanding what I'm singing out to everybody, and then you kind of lose yourself in that and you forget the music. Right. And I don't, you know, like that to me is like crazy that you can forget the music like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I think another way of, of talking about it is, you know, we spend so much time focusing on the instrument. Right. You know, like if you think about like this is an instrument, right? Right. Uh, you know, and it's, I'm holding up a pen for those that are not watching YouTube. <laughs> um, you know, you don't go up to an author and go like, what instrument did you use to write that right. book? Like, right. it doesn't matter. Like, that's not the important right. thing. Right. We spend so much time talking about, you know, when you when you meet someone who plays a musician, it's, you, you get wow, you play, you know, whatever instrument. I could never do that. And it's like, you're defeating yourself before you even start. You are exactly. focusing on the wrong thing. You know? Exactly, 100%. Um, you know, no one asks, but, you know, I know, Michael Crichton, you know, it's like, well, what pen did you use to write Jurassic Park? I want to see it. Like, like it doesn't matter. The, 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 and if he responds, it's a bit scary because he's no yeah. longer alive. <laughs> I used a fossil pen. <laughs> you know? No, but it's true. It was made from a dragon's tooth. <laughs> It's true, though. Or Dinosaur uh, Tooth was what I meant. Or <laughs> Can you um, tell I've been playing Zelda too much? Yeah, well, you know, what else are you going to do? Right? Yes, though, that's true. Like, everybody has a tool to their craft. But you're use- it's just a tool. It's just an extension. I have this conversation with an education. We mm-hmm. still are educators, and you're still teachers going into the classroom. The technology that's there is just a tool. Right. You are still the teacher. Mm-hmm. And in order for those students to learn, you need to engage those students accordingly. You should not have to use the technology every time to engage those students. I'm not saying you're not going to use technology as a tool, but you as the teacher need to, and I'm going to use the words from this book, need to show them. Mm-hmm. And by using that as a tool, the technology as a tool to show them, that's going to make better students. Yep. That's just, 
I've always felt that way. I felt that way since I thought the process of the thought about going into education. And, you know, I, I didn't end up getting a teaching job. And some people are like, it's good because you probably wouldn't make it through the four years because you probably would create too many waves in the school. And they'll probably be like, you need to go. <laughs> right. yep. So I'm going to try to attack it from the outside in. Mm-hmm. you know and see what what i can do to to change the the thought process yep so um um that continues do you have any more on that page 165 i don't i don't know where this is in the book i, I just one of the things that always hits me every time i read this this chapter is um when michael says that uncle clyde lives the way he does because he just wants to be left alone you know so you know Uncle Clyde is, you know, is a homeless person. He's really not like he actually like has a place, but he prefers to live that lifestyle because people leave him alone, and it's kind of like I want to do that. <laughs> and and it, and, and you're you're actually the page ne- the next page page one sixty six. He talks about how even the government will let an old crippled homeless man be. Mm-hmm. And and he and but he makes it very I, and I I appreciate the fact that he puts this. He goes, I never thought about a person choosing to live that way. I tried to understand Clyde's position, but the comforts I was used to didn't allow it. Mm-hmm. And that's so true. Yep. We have comforts that we're very lucky to have. Mm-hmm. And these people that whether they've been homeless all their life or they had comforts and became homeless, they don't have those comforts anymore and they have to right. readjust their living. And, you know, he's a nomad. That's what he is. Mm-hmm. He's a nomad. Yeah. They taught what happens is, is after that moment or around that time that that happened, there was a, they witnessed a car accident. So um, they saw a car hit a pedestrian and the mm-hmm. pedestrian went flying into the air and, um, and Victor said it was surreal to just see it. And they ran, all three of them ran up. And that and he mentioned how um, Uncle Clyde, who looked like he was ratty and all this stuff, just ran gracefully, like mm-hmm. like no problem. And and if you're in the earlier in the book when he was, you know, getting up to give Victor his physical, it looked like he could barely stand up. Right. You know, he right. was just, you know. Yeah. But. Plays the part well is what he's saying. Yeah. Um talk about the fact that he's injured he has he's laying on the ground he's bleeding on the head his head's bleeding um and they just stood there staring for a moment and then this is i don't know if this is what you're going to get into but michael knelt down and placed the injured man's head in his lap clyde knelt down across from him and victor's saying don't touch him but that's what they're doing so michael begins to sing a soft melody as he gently stroked the man's forehead uncle clyde was sitting there slightly bobbing his head up and down not nodding to the beat of Michael's tune, just off in his own world. And no one kind of like noticed. Mm-hmm. This is what he, he did. And then moving forward, it states every once in a while, Cl- Uncle Clyde would wave his hand over the man's chest as if he was petting the air. It was a gentle motion that almost went unnoticed. Michael kept singing lightly all the time with a gentle smile on his face. And this is all kind of going on and going on and going on. I don't know if this is any of the stuff you underlined. It's not actually. I had this stuff, the analyzation afterwards. Okay, cool. So I'm, I'm so I'm just giving a little bit of the background yeah, to that. Yeah, then. Okay, perfect, yep. perfect. Um, so Victor's watching this. Michael keeps his right hand on the injured man's forehead while Kyle places his right hand on the man's chest. Well, who does what? Clyde. You said Kyle. Did I say Kyle? Oh, I did say Kyle. You sure Kyle, did. what are you doing, Victor? Clyde put his right hand on the man's chest. That that moment, they held their left hands together. Michael stopped singing for a moment, and then the man's body twitched or basically jumped, like jumped, okay? Ambulance comes, cops come, they decide to leave. And um, just as Clyde and Michael walked off and Michael told Victor to follow him, Victor happened to look back, glanced at the injured man, and noticed that he was now sitting up, wiping his eyes, and realized there was no blood coming from his head and just had no idea and wanted to question Michael. So that mm-hmm. gets us into um, Michael and Victor meeting at his car. So right. is that where you get into? That's where I get into it. Yeah. Okay, good. Yep. So, um, so after, after Victor asks a bunch of questions, um, Michael basically says, I helped his body reorganize. His body had gone through a tremendous trauma and become, became disorganized. You see, each part of a person's body can act like an individual entity. 
Usually they work together, but when something like that happens, all the parts can take off running in different directions. Clyde and I help bring them back together. That is the best way I can explain it. And to to give a little more of a scene to this, Michael is leaning against his head, his head against the window, and he's talking in a very soft tone as if he's tired from what he did. So right. and I think that plays a big factor to the reader because you're typically reading about this guy that has full energy and has no problem doing mm-hmm. this. So, and all of a sudden he's just, he's drained. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. And, and uh, Victor asked, you did it by singing. He said partially. And then he talks about an exhibit at a museum where metal plate and they use a violin bow and the way it kind of makes things move. Um, and that's goes, a really interesting thing. And that's not to go off on too much of a tangent. No, no, go ahead. Um, but we've talked about, you know, Jacob Collier before and, and the different tunings that he uses. So we use, right. um, you know, when we tune in America, it's 440. You know, there are places in Europe that use 442 and all this sort of stuff. But there have been studies done about A436, which is slightly lower than our our A. Um but if you look at the shapes that that vibration produces, they are more defined than the shapes that you get at A440 or A442. And there are studies that say that that, that 436 is like the God tuning or something. And then there, there are a lot of, um, and I think that, I think they talk about it in the, they do talk about the spirit of music. They do talk. It's um, a big thing about the spirit of music. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So there's they a talk whole about section. All the different, there's the, all the different numerical values and how they relate to, you know, parts of the Bible and parts of, you know, right. science and all sorts of stuff. Um, you know, and I think even a little bit into computers and stuff, if you look at the numbers correctly. We, so it's, yeah, yeah, you know, some crazy stuff goes on. So we, we, the, the more you read about this book, there's more to music than we realize. I mean, we we've always felt this way. You and I, I know that, and mm-hmm. and 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 the book kind of solidifies your thought process if you're that type of person. Like, there's some people out there that just like doing music and they don't think more about it. There's no philosophy to it, but they're good at what they do and they want to put the music out there. But to me, there's more to it. There's more to it than just that, and I that's why I think this chapter is, resonates with me a little bit. Um. But I like they in the spirit of music, they do talk about this. And I think there's a book they mentioned. And I'm actually interested to see if there's a real book out there or was it made up for the story. Because I'd love to know more about that. Like, why did we change the tuning? They That's what they talk about is mm-hmm. we were originally tuning in one way. And now we decided to change it this way. And it was kind of like the way the society was controlling everything. Mm-hmm. So um, I don't know if you have anything to say, but I was going to continue reading that part. Yeah, go ahead. I'm, okay. I'm- I'm looking at something kind of weird. So you you keep going. I'm going to Okay, yeah, for yeah. a second. So he goes on to say, but with the body, it is not just the pitch that is important. It is also the tone of the sound that helps produce the desired effect. Victor asks, what do you mean? Tone can mean a lot of things, right? Um, he talks about toning of your muscles, toning of the color, photographers toning with painting, and, you know, but he decides to talk more about music and all that stuff. And then he talks about a nightclub and I never really thought about this, but if you go into a nightclub, mm-hmm. which I went into a few, but I was never really that type of person, but you go into a nightclub, it's heavy bass. No matter what song is playing, it's heavy bass. At that time, you're kind of like, Oh, why is it so bassy? Why is it so bassy? Why is it so bassy? But I've noticed even with stuff that I listen to Victor Wooten, I mean, because he's a bass player, but some others, you kind of want to hear that bass line. And then, and you know, never really, I never thought more about it, but this states that the bass not only shakes the room, but it vibrates through the person's body. So you already feel like you're dancing. Your body's already right. shaking, which is mm-hmm. why people dance. And they state, what if they didn't play the bass? And Victor's like, oh, it'll just clear the room. Like nothing would happen. Like no one would mm-hmm. be dancing. It's a very valid point. Yep. You know, you, you don't think about that. And then he and goes on. There's a lot more to it, too, because if you think about it even more, you know, the the 
the waveform for a, a bass is very large. It's a large waveform. Right. It's you know very big. Um, the higher the pitch, the more concentrated the waveform is, but the easier it's, it dies off because it's you know. So there there are studies that show that you know the by increasing the bass, you actually increase the motion of the air so it makes the higher notes easier to hear right and i heard one sound engineer describe it to me as it's like adding salt to your food like that's what the bass does is it conditions the air in a way that it makes everything else sound better right right and it's so weird how it does that and i have a new uh respect for bass (laughs) (laughs) um And then he goes into saying, you see, tone is a powerful thing. Even though the same music would be coming out of the speakers, the change in tone would cause everyone in the club to feel differently and therefore act differently, which is what we were talking about. Right? Um, So he says if you were going to play, like play your bass, if you want your audience to dance, you should use a certain tone. To quiet down, a different tone. You know, if you want them to be healed... An altogether different tone may be do the trick. All I did with the man in the street was use tone and pitch to convince his energy to reorganize in a way that would cause his body to heal. Right. Victor still doesn't understand this. Mm-hmm. Still processing this. And then he talks more about when you're healing someone or something, the choice the, the choice to become healed or not is completely yours. Don't ever think that it is. Oh, I'm sorry. Let me read that around again be good if my the lights were a little brighter (laughs) he goes when you're healing someone or something the choice to become healed or not is not completely yours Mm -hmm. don't ever think that it is you are only in charge of what you are doing meaning the person helping heal the energy you're trying to heal must agree with you with what you are desire and on the same level the person or thing being healed must also agree so there's a lot of things in place that have to play yep and then um do you have I don't know. You said you highlighted more of the analysts, but that's a lot of this stuff. Yeah. So I just want to go back for a second. There's, there's one yeah. little section that I want to. Sure. So there's on back on page 170. Uh, Michael says sometimes tone is the deciding factor that causes a person to listen to you or not. And right. there's so much to that because um, you can take that musically. And that's one of the reasons I don't like Dave Matthews is I don't like his guitar tone. Hate his guitar tone. I can understand that. You know, I just I mean. Hey, listen, I, I, there, you know, I'm going to laugh. I'm going to make, uh, I'll bring up something. My cousin texts me and goes, do you like the Goo Goo Dolls? I don't hate them. I like them, mm-hmm. but I don't hate them. I'm not going on my phone and looking for their music to listen to, but if their song came on, I'm not going to turn it off. Mm-hmm. And she goes, they're playing in August. Do you want to go? And I was like, not really. <laughs> You're like, I don't want to go see them live. I mean, I can't that weekend, you know, but mm-hmm. I, I do. I, they're not a band that I would want to see live. Right. I don't need to see them live, if that makes sense, you know, and and whatever the case may be, I don't know if they'd be a good live band. They may be fantastic live for all I know, but they just they're not my it's not the type of music I want to see. I'd rather see Victor Wooten. I'd rather see that type of stuff. Um, so it's funny. There's a. There's a guy on Instagram called Doc, a professor something. I got to find him. And he's funny. Apparently, he's a professor during the day. He does entertainment at night. And a lot of his stuff is music related, right? And he's got he's this this older black gentleman with a, with a gray beard. He's always wearing a shirt. We rock together. And it's multiple colored hands with the, 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 the rock symbol, the horns, you know, out of there. And he's sitting in his car and he goes... You know, there's the captions like something like, don't ever think that you didn't like Creed or they weren't good. <laughs> and he plays this song and he plays one of their songs and he's like, you just, you know, you're listening to them and they're building up and you're like, oh, they are good. And you're just, mm-hmm. you know, but it, it's one of those things I'm sitting here going, that's, that's a good point. Yeah. That's a yeah. very good point. You know, there's some songs out there that you listen to and you're just like, Whatever the tone or the dynamic of the song, you're just kind of like, okay, no, this is a good song. I'm surprised it's good, but this is a good song. Yeah. 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 yeah very interesting. Um, you continue. Okay. So, so going back to what you just read, you know, talk about music healing. Um, what are your thoughts on that? I think 100% music is healing. 
I think the reason why music is healing, and here's here's where we're going to go into this whole spiritual discussion. Music is vibration. Yep. Vibration is an energy. Mm-hmm. We all vibrate. There is truth to that. There's it's not. There's no take the spirituality out of it. There's a scientific proof that there is energy that radiates from us, right? They don't know what they, there's not an understanding of what you can do with it or whatever. But on the spiritual end of it, people know that you can transfer it. You can use it to heal. You can, so how is it not possible that music cannot be a healing factor? Right. Right. If you and and I mean, this book talks about that. If you are using the right vibrations, the right tones, the right everything, you can heal somebody. Music therapy is there for a reason. Mm-hmm. Right. There's it's not because, oh, let's make some money and we're going to do music therapy and art. No, it works. Yep. There's there's a point to it. I you know if I'm having a bad day and I know an album, I'll put it on and make me feel better. Mm-hmm. You know, and even Victor talks about that. He goes some of the you know some of the albums that he listened to would change his for you know it'll change his feeling, his emotion, all that stuff. People make fun of heavy metal music, right? And they make everybody they say that everybody listens to is just angry people. It's not true. Mm-mm. It's not. Most of those nope. people are not angry. Part of the reason why is because they listen to heavy metal music. Mm-hmm. And it takes that angst that you have and it's out there in a musical form. Right. And it allows your body to be like, oh, I feel good that like my body's aligning, like it feels right. Like mm-hmm. it, there's no anger in that. Is it sung in an angry way? Maybe, but it, <laughs> you know, but a lot of these people that listen to heavy metal music, it's because there's something to it that helps them balance themselves out. Right. What's your thought? I agree. I mean, we we both thought about getting into music therapy at one point. Right. We did. We did. So. Yes. 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 Um, I think that. I think the. I think there's still suppression to the whole music thing. Like Mm -hmm. we don't want to admit the fact that there's healing powers outside of our medical realm. Um. I know that there are some doctors out there that are starting to see the more homeopathic ways of doing things because it's better for the body in the long haul. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I believe in Reiki therapy. Mm-hmm. I believe that there's a po- that someone has the ability to use their energy if they can control it to heal. Yep. And what Reiki energy th- is is basically that use of energy and vibration to realign the body mm-hmm. to work better. Yep. Or work as well as it can work. Because mm-hmm. everybody has their own health issues. Some people are healthier than others. Some people have their own elements. And not everybody's 100% healthy is the same 100% healthy. Mm-hmm. But in order for you to maintain that 100% healthy for yourself, what can you do? You know, if you look at music on the mental health end, end of it, that which is what music therapy sits with, mm-hmm. it's doing something. So yep. why couldn't do it for the rest of your body? And I think if you if you think about some of the some of the things that we do, I, I mean, it is completely music. You know, there's like think about one of the podcasts I listen to is a, a pod, it's a great podcast called We Built the Thing. It's three guys who are woodworkers, and they just talk about life and you know the projects they're working on their kids that sort of thing. But one of the guys there um, has a terrible issue where his body just produces kidney stones. He's okay. had surgery like 16 times, but one of the therapies is they blast essentially a bass note at his back to disintegrate the kidney stone. They find that if they find the right frequency, it'll vibrate in a, such a way that it'll just dis- disintegrate and it'll be fine. You know, that's music. It's inv- and and it's invasive. invasive? Yep. Yes, it's invasive, so it's not hurting him. Mm-hmm. Right? It's like that idea of breaking the glass with the right frequency. Exactly. Yep. Because Everything vibrates. has proved you can do. Right. And everything vibrates. And everything vibrates at a specific... Well, listen. Plants are alive. Mm-hmm. We know this. We know if we water them, they will grow. If we give them food and water, they'll grow. If we... we've They've only done experiments where if you play classical music or if you talk to your plants, they'll be... They'll grow even better. Mm-hmm. They've done... And, and, you know, they've done things where, like with heavy metal music where they say, I don't think it actually does this, but it's possible that that vibration of those sounds is just too much for the plant that it can't respond to it. But I have a plant in, in my office. It I'm, I'm watering it once a week cause that's all it needs, mm-hmm. but there's nothing else that goes on in this office. 
you know, like I'll play music half the time. It's through headphones, but I don't play crazy music. I talk to the plant once in a while. Like I'll be like, oh, you're budding again. Oh, that's great. There's this, there's that, you know. But why does that work? You know, right. <laughs> this, this, you know, there's a reason why it works. There's a neat, there's a whole nature to it. Yep. You know, um, look at how powerful when you, I know you like to add a specific car a stereo system to your, like to, to your stuff. And I know that you do it more in balance than anything else. Like you balance out, like you'll cap out the bass from the speakers. So your bass is coming out of just the bass or whatever. Yep. But for those people that put, subwoofers and bases in their car base in their car specifically to make that car jump and you're destroying the framework of that car <laughs> the mm-hmm. amount of vibration that that's causing to the car eventually your car is going to fall apart yep and i've seen it and i've seen you know it's just it is what it is i mean don't get me wrong you could put a factory radio up high enough and if mm-hmm. your base is high enough you could see your windows go bzz and vibrate mm-hmm. bzz, yep. you know so there's just, it's amazing that we, they, they, they're building weapons with sound, mm-hmm. you know, like just, we just, you know, we're, we're afraid of what is unknown. Yep. That's what the problem is. We're afraid of the unknown. Mm-hmm. And, and unfortunately we live in a world in a society where things that they deem not ready for us, they will hold on to. I don't think so much anymore, but in the back in the day, it was the case. Like MP3s were developed in 1977. Right. When did we start really using them? Mm, 98, 99, maybe. Right. And they were the precursor to the CD coming out for symphonies. The only reason why a CD was developed was because people didn't want to flip their records over anymore to play symphonies. They didn't want to get to have to go to, you know, get up and flip it so they could put the whole 90 minutes. That's why it only held 90 minutes of music because a symphony is typically 90 minutes. That had to be an MP3. Mm-hmm. But we as society was not allowed to use that MP3 yet. <laughs> yep. You know, it's just uh, conspiracy theories are fun. <laughs> it's like the one I told you about the cones. Mm hmm. I heard yep. like they're like the random conspiracy series. Yep. When I was in Ohio with Kyle, I told them we were driving around. They were doing road work, and there's orange cones everywhere. And one of the things that came up on the internet, random con- conspiracy theories, was they have so they've bought so many orange traffic cones that they don't know what to do with them, so they just put them out on the road anyway. <laughs> now, when you drive around after listening to this, you'd be like, they're everywhere. <laughs> Someone uh, we told me that um, that that COVID was just a way to change the batteries in the birds. <laughs> <laughs> That's hysterical. Yeah. And what makes me what makes that even funnier to me is that I remember being at, working at Universal Studios and people thought that the pigeons were fake. <laughs> so that that that's just that's hysterical. Um, so we went off a fun tangent, but it was, it was definitely on track of what we were talking about. Um, Mm -hmm. we were on like one bottom 170 to the top of 171. Mm -hmm. Um, Victor saying that the information was strange. And then he goes, the same is true when playing music. This is Michael. Have you ever realized that on some days you seem to have it and other days under the same circumstances playing the same songs, you can't seem to find it? which is what we talked about. Do you think that it's all up to you or does music have any say in the matter? Most of us think that it's only up to us. That would be a mistake. And I love the fact that music is personified. personified. Music is mm-hmm. a being in a sense. And and I kind of get that. I, I do. I kind of get that. Like I, yeah, I, I wouldn't, I think there's more to it, mm-hmm. you know? Um, I think there's more to it than just what we know. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, and you know, Victor says he talks about music as if it was real. And, and, and then he asks about the stopping of the bleeding of the head. And Michael says, how is that fast? Right. It's perspective. He goes, all healing is instant. You're either sick or you're well, there's no in between. So the only thing standing in the way of being instantly healed is time. Mm-hmm. And time 
what do they say? Like, I'm not going to say it on the podcast, but time's a, <laughs> she's a son of a gun, a son of a gun, son of a gun. I don't know if you have if you what you have after that. No, or if this you have is more. I, this is I highlighted like three pages here. So, well, yeah, because it goes on. So I don't know if yeah. you want to. I, I I highlighted the next paragraph about time and space. Is that on yours? Yep. Yep. Why don't you take it from there, if you like? Sure. Uh, so Michael says time and space are the only things that separate one thing from another. Take time and space out of the equation, and what is left? Oneness, that is it. But even though one could say that time and space are illusions, they are important. They serve a purpose. Without them, we are <clears throat> we would be unable to observe and experience individuality. The game would be over. And he means the game of life. Mm-hmm. And then he goes on and says, life as we know it anyway would be over. Um, you see, when you dream, you are allowed to play by different rules. Dreams allow the subconscious to play itself out instantly. Um, wherever you want to be, there, there you are. Whatever you want to be or don't think you want, there it is all created by you. Now, real life, as most people call it, can be looked at as long-form imagination, a place where things take time. The addition of time and space slows down our reality, and believe me, that is a blessing. In other words, time and space allow us to stop and smell the roses or get pricked by its thorns. Learn to manipulate these elements, and you will play a different game altogether. Nope, hang on, sorry. That's okay. It wouldn't turn my page. The choice, even if I made unconsciously, is always yours. Um, and then he says, the same is true in music. There is really only one note. Space and time allow you to experience the different characteristics of that note, making it appear as many notes. Understanding that will help you make any note fit in, at any time. How you see it is always up to you. Think about it. Music and life would be that much different without time and space. And we haven't talked about space because is that the next? No, it's not the next chapter. I don't think is it. I don't. Um, what is the next chapter? Phrasing and space and rest is measure ten. Right. So we're about we're about so, a yeah, chapter we're away. close to space. So we're not going to get into that right away. Mm-hmm. But who did he talk to? I don't know. That's what I want to know. I want to ask Mr. Victor Wooten. I want to be like, listen, who did you talk to? Mm-hmm. Was it Michael? Because here, like, if it was Michael, mm-hmm. why are we not hearing more from Michael? And th- I know the answer to that because mm-hmm. if he is the person that he is in the book, it doesn't matter to him like that, right? He's going to talk to those that he feel he needs to talk to. He's not going to just talk to anybody, mm-hmm. which makes sense because you know what? As a storyteller, what before the written word. You had storytellers, mm-hmm. and those stories were handed on down and down and down per generation, per generation, per generation. Yeah, and VH1. And VH1. Um, <laughs> and then and then you have Michael, who I'm not saying is a storyteller, but his words and his beliefs and his philosophy, why take the time and write it into the book when he can share it with others? But he is a storyteller, because we talked about it earlier, because teachers are storytellers. Right. And he's a teacher. He's a teacher, but he's not. Right. He's a teacher of nothing. Mm-hmm. He is Seinfeld. Yep. Which, if you think about it, that show about nothing was a show about everything. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's essentially what this is all about. It's like this book is, he's not, it's almost like it's Michael saying, you know this stuff already. Mm-hmm. I'm just bringing it out of you. I'm just showing right. you how to take it and make it happen. Right. Versus it's the whole Michelangelo with, thing with the marble again. Right. It's, you know, just removing the stuff that, right. that's unnecessary. Um, moving forward on that page, he said, he, Michael mentions, you know, if, if someone's sick, would you potentially catch their cold? And he's, and Victor's like, of course. So if someone's healthy, could, I make somebody healthy. Like, should I not be able to make this person well? And that's what Michael's saying. And and Victor's like, well, that kind of makes sense. You know, not, but even though I haven't talked about it, that word. And then going further down, um, so staying healthy benefits not just you, but everyone around you, mm-hmm. which is so true because if you cannot take care of yourself, 
how are you able to be there for the, those that you need to be there for, the ones that you love right. and all that stuff. And he goes, because I'm healthy, I was able to model that on the gentleman that was injured. Mm-hmm. And he goes, think about the word healthy. It's made up of two words. Hell, heal thy, heal hyphen thy. So you can choose to heal thyself or heal thy brother. The choice is yours. I think that for me, that's always been the thing for music for me. I love the idea and I wish I was performing more and I wish I was out there. I wish I was doing two or three hour concerts. I love the idea of bringing somebody into any event space, whether it was a hundred people, thousand, whatever the case may be. And in that time frame, in those two or three hours, every part of their week, every part of their stress, every part of what they were dealing with in life, they were able to forget about for those three hours. Mm-hmm. They were able to enjoy themselves. They were entertained, good, bad, or indifferent, whatever the case may be. But for those three hours that I was performing or I was performing with somebody or whatever, they were able to say, I'm feeling good. Right? That happens every time you listen to music. Right. You feel good. Mm-hmm. And it's like you're healing them at that. I'm not trying not to say that I'm a healer or the musician's a healer, but you're using music as a way to help them turn off the negativity in their life to enjoy a moment. And maybe coming out of that, it changes their outlook. Maybe coming out of it, they go back to the way things were. And maybe in that, at that moment, they, they have something to look back to, to put themselves in that place again, whenever they're having a rough time. I, that's what music was always at war is to me. And whenever I performed or whenever I had the opportunity to perform solo, that's how I tried to perform my, my music. Mm-hmm. It wasn't really much of like, look at me, I can sing. It was more of, Hey, come join me for a moment and step away mm-hmm. from the stuff that you're dealing with. Right. You know, and I know you feel the same way about that. Mm-hmm. You know, we've spoken about that. Um, I don't know if you have anything to add to that. No, I think you said it well. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, for once you used words. Well, well I use words. Well, <laughs> um, at the bottom of that page, he said, there's many techniques that could be used by playing an instrument and he uses tones, healing tones. And Clyde and I listened to see how his body's body resonated. He goes, I use the vibrations of my voice to alter the tones of his body. I needed to reorganize them in more harmonious state. I didn't need to sing loudly because the vibrations were traveling through my hand and into his head. That produced a direct connection, but the tones have to be accurate in order to produce the desired effect. And then he states that Clyde was helping him to push and sort of heard the body's vibrations in the right direction. All remember when I said that all parts of the body were running in different directions while his energies were scattered. Clyde helped to realign them once they had decided to regroup. We held hands, said a quick thank you, which I think goes back to thanking your instrument, thanking your your body, your your voice, thanking whatever you thank. I, I you know it's it's funny when I say thank you to people, it's it it truly is a thank thank you. It's truly a gratitude for that moment because I feel like whether that moment was a five minute thing, a two minute thing, or a 30 second thing, it was a, an important 30 seconds or important two minutes. And I'm going to say thank you for it. Even when a person may say to you, you don't need to say thank you. Cause I say it sometimes you don't need to say thank you, but I forget how that vibrations out there. Right. Right. So, and then, um, and then, then Victor goes, but I saw his body jump. <laughs> And he goes, sometimes the soul separates itself from the body in these types of situations to shield the person from extreme pain. Upon reentering the body, upon reentering, the body will often jump. That's all. I never thought about that. You know, so Michael says, yes, that's all, you know. Victor's just shocked. He doesn't, he says it sounds natural, but it still doesn't, it's very different. And he, and then Victor goes, Michael says, I don't have to tell you what you already know about music. Music is vibrations. And that brings in the line, doctors use lasers to operate. operate. 
And what are what are, what are lasers but vibrations? Music in the right hands can do the same thing. Remember this: the right notes can do not cannot do it alone. The correct tone, as well as dynamics and emotion, can. Basically, all the elements of music, which is what this book talks about, and the elements are the same when it comes to life. And you know, that's what makes this book almost like a Bible. Mm-hmm. You know, because it it talks about all this stuff. And he talks about all that times, you know, he talks about the elements of music and life and how different elements help with being confused and all that stuff. And then he says, you say that you, this is what I, this is probably another page you highlighted the whole thing on. You say that you saw us heal an injured man on the street. If you take Clyde and the, the injured man and me and remove the elements of time and space, how many people would there be? One. Remove time and space and tell me how many people were at the scene. One. How many people are in the world? One. Galaxy, one. And is this person sick or well? Well, well, I hope. Me and Victor saying, well, I hope. They make it so. Which I think is a, a nod to Star Trek. Because <laughs> that's why I keep thinking about that. Um, and he said that was like the last time that he said anything for the drive because he reflected. But it's true. We're all one. Yep. We're all interconnected in some way, shape, or form. At least I think we are. Mm-hmm. You know, our energies interact some more than others. Some are more empathic than the others, you know, um, but we're all connected in some way, you know. Did you find what you were looking for? I did. So, Or you still haven't found what you're looking for? I still no, I've, haven't found. I have found it. <laughs> um, so what you're looking at, so for those that are on the YouTubes, um, what you are... Sorry, I knocked over my water bottle. Um, what you are looking at is sand on a piece of, I think, metal. After um, a note was played in the in tuned to A four forty, so you can see that there is a shape there, a definite shape. But here's the cool thing: if you go back, this is played at four thirty two. It's so much more defined from here. To here and what's crazy is they go through the whole scale and you can see and I'll put this in the in the show notes but you can see how like here's another one and there's the there's that that's 440 so these shapes there's there's 432 there's uh, that's 440 sorry 432 that's 440 you can see how the shapes change and they become more defined as the you know so as we, we we mentioned the in the spirit of music that according to them in the book there was a point in time where they changed 432 to 440 and i did say 436 earlier in the episode and i apologize i meant 432 i had my numbers wrong how dare um, you i know so so yes check that video out that's going to be in the um in the show notes um because it is uh, you know on the visual standpoint it's very interesting to see i actually want to check it out because uh I've never seen the video. I'd love to see it. Ha- like, watch it, watch it. Yeah. Um, so Victor continues on reflecting, right? Mm-hmm. And then he talks about a time that Michael calls a um, professor of physics, right? Mm-hmm. Yep, yes. physics professor. And how he was like, you need to stop teaching him and you need to show them. And apparently he had all this knowledge of physics as he was talking to this physics professor. And, you know, Victor was like, he was saying words that were larger than my apartment. And he was just talking about how the fact that this is how you have to do things. And the professor was like, at at the end was basically like, um, Okay, you're right. I'm wrong. I'm sorry. I should do this. Mm-hmm. And apparently changes, decides to change how he handles his curriculum and how he teaches. I don't know how if there was anything you want to speak to on that, but that's the gist of that little page. Yeah, that's that's about all I was going to say about it. And then he also heal. Okay, so he talks about healing. At the bottom of 177, he goes, oh, what he did say, though, before he called a professor, he goes, I told you, knowledge is in the air. Mm. And I thought I think that's interesting because it makes it very, very 
Like we don't create things without knowing. Right? Right. Like if I'm going to, let's take it to technology. If I'm going to code, which I'm something I want to learn. If I'm going to code, I'm coding something, but it's not something that I'm creating for the first time. I'm taking stuff that I know about, putting it together and coding something that I'm going to make based on stuff I know, not based on something that I don't know. And I was thinking about that, like, because, you know, as an artist, I like to draw or paint or whatever, but half the time when I'm doing that stuff, I know what a square is. I know what a circle is. I know what a triangle Mm -hmm. is, which is why I'm able to do what I'm doing. If I want to paint an animal, I know what that animal looks like. Like I have to know these things in order for me to get there. And even if I'm creating something from scratch, I still have to know something. Mm -hmm. Right. So I, 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 I thought that was very interesting. And then I have something at the bottom of 177. I don't know about you. No, go ahead. Um, so this is at the end of him talking to the physics. Um, he goes, hearing him speak about tone, raise more new questions in my mind. From what I heard him say, I could alter someone's body. This is Victor speaking. I could alter someone's body, mind, or attitude just by altering the tone. Was it really possible? I thought about how I felt when listening to some of my favorite musicians. I love their tones, even though each one was different. I realized that my mood often changed whenever I heard them play, which we mentioned earlier. Um, And was it the tones that affected him? And he was realizing that tone is a much broader, you know, thing in music or in general, because the tone you speak to somebody plays a factor. Mm -hmm. I mean, even I mean, sign language, the tone of your sign language plays a factor. If you're signing one way versus another, you could come across as being really, really angry, really, really happy, really, really sad, you know, like, it, and you wouldn't think about that in a, in a visual language, but I've seen it and it's crazy to know that it, you, I don't want to have to know it, the, all the sign that's going on in that conversation, but I could tell someone's angry. Mm-hmm. I can tell someone's sad. And a lot of that plays with the fact that facial expression plays a big factor, but there's still a tone to that conversation. Yep. Um... And that's that's kind of all it is. They yeah, end up at his house. Yeah. Why did I talk so much? You were too busy you always, googling. You always talk so much. <laughs> <laughs> this was a pretty cool. This was a good chapter, though. It was a good chapter. Yeah. It's it's and it's so funny because it's like so far at the end of the book that it it was almost like a huge turning point in the book mm-hmm. of yep. what's happening. What do you have to add? That's all I got. That's all she wrote. Well, that's all it's he all wrote. She wrote. That's all she wrote. So, um, after this episode comes out, we would have been live. Uh, you were live. We're recording on a Saturday, which is not typical for us. So, you were live mm-hmm. on the Friday night and you played some Corey rebirth, Wong and some Rebirth Brass Band. Corey Wong and Rebirth Brass Band. And then Sunday, yeah. we're going to, we, uh, we continued our Victor Wooten journey with his albums. And it was live in America that came up Mm -hmm. next, which is a compilation of all live concerts. So it's not just one live performance. It's from different cities and States that are put together, but it's very well done because it almost feels like it's blended in. The only reason why, you know, is that they yell, sometimes they yell out the name of the city that they're in. Right. Um, And then uh, Kyle is, so let's go, let's go through the, the housekeeper real quick. And, um, at the time that the live show comes out, we will have a form out for our cover band performance that we want to do. Do you uh, have the form up. ready? Do you want it in this show notes? I know I'm not, um, I may have it for you for the show notes. I have to okay. put it together. I mean, they're going to put it together tonight or tomorrow. Okay. Um, so basically when this episode comes out, we're going to have a form that you can fill out and share the cover, the songs that are covered by other artists that you feel are important. Uh, maybe you, you like the version better or, or whatever. Like we use the example, uh, disturbs version of, uh, the sound of silence and how we think it's a very, very good version of it. Almost as if Paul Simon wrote it and our, our garment, Paul Simon wrote it for them in a sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so the idea is we will have a, live showing we were thinking of doing it june 4th 
or June 11th. I think we could push it to June 11th. Give us a couple more weeks because the holiday weekend. Give some people some time. So June 11th will probably so be the show. E- either way, if you're listening to this show and it's before yes. June 11th, 2023, the link will be in the show. Exactly. So. That's all that really matters. And it'll have the, the the day. It'll have everything. And we hope you would join us on that day so you can come in and join us. And, and maybe we'll have we'll start a little earlier. We'll start about the same time and go a little later. We'll talk about that. We're not sure yet. Um, so we'll be doing that. Once again, Kyle does put these uh, these um podcast episodes out on youtube uh episodes one through three are static images four and on are going to our videos so you get to see our faces and our radiosyncrasies and little extra that are not typically in the podcast episodes uh every friday kyle puts out shorts and he salutes them and then as you know every tuesday our episodes come out Every Friday, Kyle goes live on Twitch at 8 p.m. Every Sunday, we go live at 7.30 p.m. And then all good stuff. And, you know, follow us everywhere. In the show notes, Kyle puts the link where you can follow us. There's our link trees probably. You put our link tree down there, don't you? Mm-hmm. I haven't looked recently. Um, our link trees down there. Discord, Instagram, Twitter. Discord, come join us chat with us we'd love to know what you're talking about we have gear yep. stuff we have book stuff we have general music stuff just come join us it's really us. quiet because we don't have a lot of people in there so join yeah. us so we can make it more engaging yeah, yeah we want to want to build that community um instagram and twitter to just know what's going on even if you don't interact with something on there at least you're following us so you know what's happening because that's where all our stuff gets posted to um we are working i think on an email list we're still haven't sure yet what we want to do with that but I know we've spoken, so that's maybe down the line. Um, so you can get blast from us just knowing that things are coming out. Um, yeah. Twitch. Just go follow us on Twitch. Subscribe. Follow us. Mm-hmm. You get that stuff. Yep. I got nothing else. So we'll see you guys next Tuesday unless you guys catch us on the live streams. Have yes. a good one. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Turn on the Music podcast. We hope that you join us next week. Click on the link tree in our show notes to follow us on Twitter and Instagram. You can also subscribe to our Twitch and YouTube channel. If you would like to continue the conversation, join us on our Discord. If you like what you heard, please share it with a friend. And if you really want to help us promote the show, head over to Apple Podcasts or the podcast service of your choice and give us a five-star rating. Remember, always share the music. Thank you.